that virtue is, moreover, the common inheritance of men, equally within the reach of high and low, rich and poor, and that virtue, and virtue alone, wherever found, will be followed by the rewards of everlasting happiness. Nay, God himself seems to incline rather to those who suffer misfortune. For Jesus Christ calls the poor blessed. He lovingly invites those in labor and grief to come to him for solace, and he displays the tenderest charity toward the lowly and the oppressed. These reflections cannot fail to keep down the pride of the well-to-do and to give heart to the unfortunate, to move the former to be generous and the latter to be moderate in their desires. Thus, the separation which pride would set up tends to disappear, nor will it be difficult to make rich and poor join hands in friendly concord. But, if Christian precepts prevail, the respective classes will not only be united in the bonds of friendship, but also in those of brotherly love, for they will understand and feel that all men are children of the same common Father, who is God, that all have alike the same last end, which is God Himself, who alone can make either men or angels absolutely and perfectly happy, that each and all are redeemed and made sons of God by Jesus Christ, the firstborn among many brethren, that the blessings of nature and the gifts of grace belong to the whole human race in common, and that from none except the unworthy is withheld the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. If sons, heirs also, heirs indeed of God and co-heirs with Christ. Such is the scheme of duties and of rights which is shown forth to the world by the gospel. Would it not seem that, were society penetrated with ideas like these, strife must quickly cease? But the church, not content with pointing out the remedy, also applies it. For the church does her utmost to teach and to train men and to educate them and by the intermediary of her bishops and clergy diffuses her salutary teachings far and wide. She strives to influence the mind and the heart so that all may willingly yield themselves to be formed and guided by the commandments of God. It is precisely in this fundamental and momentous matter on which everything depends that the church possess a power peculiarly her own. The instruments which she employs are given to her by Jesus Christ himself, for the very purpose of reaching the hearts of men and drive their efficiency from God. They alone can reach the innermost heart and conscience and bring men to act from a motive of duty, to control their passions and appetites, to love God and their fellow men with a love that is outstanding and of the highest degree, and to break down courageously every barrier which blocks the way to virtue. On this subject, we need but recall for one moment the examples recorded in history. Of these facts, there cannot be any shadow of doubt. For instance, that civil society was renovated in every part by Christian institutions.